That's a penalty. <laughs> What's yes! there? What are you watching? Chelsea, Chelsea play Leicester. Oh fuck! That's awesome. Yeah, it's all, it's I have it on too. I got to put it on too. Shit. Your live reacts. That's hilarious. We'll just watch the game as we're recording. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like we just yeah. have it on in the background. Yeah, why not? Is that a good idea or is it a terrible idea? It's a great idea, I think. <laughs> well, when you opened with like, hey, we're going to talk about Newcastle and Palace. I'm like, perfect. I just put mute on my mic. <laughs> why even check VAR? Like, oh ah. my God. Sorry. It's, it's not a penalty. It's being given outside the box. Oh, shit. That's okay. Yeah. We have we have Tammy Abraham and Kai Havertz lining up. So All right. I watch the ball get blasted into outer space. Yeah. I mean the the game opens and Wilfred and Didi just cunts it at the net and it hits off the off the post and in. Like <laughs> Hey man, Mason Mount. That was a starting midfielder yeah, for England he's already quality sweating. free kick. Can I open the episode? Yeah, for sure. All right. You guys ready? I know Hope's ready. I'm still trying to pull up a stream, dude. Yeah, you guys can't hear okay. you guys can't hear the TV audio in the background, right? Oh, we got a goal. Hey, remember like 5 seconds ago when I said we're going to get countered off this free kick? And you were exactly right. So Lester is Lester 2 up? 2 no. Up. Yeah. Shit, man. Damn, dude. The Foxes. What does the Fox say? you, Chelsea. Open wide for some soccer! Damn, this will put Leicester top of the table if if they hang on to this. Speaking of top of the table, welcome to Soccer Group Chat. Did you guys watch that uh, Man U-Liverpool game? Yeah, what a waste of time that was. I didn't. I won. Yeah. I kind of slept through it. All I took from that match is like Manchester United are obviously a good team, but if you can't manage of like a damaged Liverpool side who who have like seventy percent possession and aren't threatening at all, like are you gonna are you gonna get points from anyone else? Maybe they think they're gonna win the league by winning against Burnley and and Brighton and whoever, but I don't know unless. I think City's creeping up on them. That's all that told, all that I would learn from that Liverpool Manchester United game. Yeah, I was skeptical a little bit when when Nick Gill said that he still thinks like Man City is the biggest title threat, but after they've started to like pick up form again, uh, it it seems like really possible. Sorry if I'm distracted. My cat just like mewed. I don't know if it got picked up. No, and that's okay. Was, look at this guy. Oh, we got cats. Can you hear him? No, not yet. Oh, he's purring. Anyway. <laughs> he's a Geordie cat, black and white. Yeah, he is. He's black and white. Why is every big game such a stinker? Why is it we get so worked up, we get so excited, and it ends up just being, you know, trash? All these like all these big games are just draws or or like not very entertaining and like how many points separates first place from sixth place at the moment? Six points, seven points or something like that. Yeah. Teams just don't want to lose. They know where they can win games and where they can really lose points. Um, and yeah, Manchester United are going to sit back against Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool doesn't have Virgil van Dyke. They're playing two center midfielders at center back. Um, 
but like like hell you're gonna think that's gonna stop Firmino, Salah and Mane from being threats going forward you know what I mean good chances throughout the game um but you always have to be wary of that kind of thing Liverpool's not where you want to drop three points you want to get one point if you're Manchester United yeah I'd say the onus was definitely on Man U for that game but they were the better team in the second half so I understand like I said I didn't watch the game but it seems like they they did what they set out to do like like you said Hope a point is much better for them than a point is for Liverpool especially at Anfield they're a good counter-attacking team they were always going to play that way and Liverpool's front three just aren't firing like we've seen them in the past so it makes a lot of sense and when City is gaining form and you know coming back to life and breathing down these teams' neck, I guess you know you kind of look over your shoulder and you say, "You say, okay, let's play a conservative style. Uh, let's try and eke out a point. If we win, great. But I, I guess you're just trying to fend off, you know, the boys in blue now at this point, uh, not Chelsea. Absolutely not Chelsea at this point. The <laughs> boys in blue, Leicester. <laughs> yeah, as as we speak, uh, we've got the Leicester Chelsea game on in the background, and Leicester can top the table after this with uh you know some games in hand for the other teams but still on the top of the table uh but nick when we started this podcast we talked about you're a palace fan yeah i'm a newcastle fan we're gonna give some more attention to the bottom half of the table and it seems like every single week we end up talking about man U or chelsea or liverpool uh so let's complain about how bad our teams are uh, for this episode playing conservatively eking out a point i mean who does that sound like okay so we do always end up talking about liverpool and man u and chelsea and man city and spurs and you know these big teams and and i i'm starting to kind of understand why the more that i actually talk about it it's because you know they go into every game theoretically with a chance and there's more interest surrounding them and being a neutral it's it's easier to kind of to talk about it because there's like such there's so little pain involved, you know, being a fan of a big club. I mean, what, what really, what sadness do you have? What do you really have to be upset about? You guys have all the money. You guys have all the glory, all the trophies, you know, there's no real such thing as a bad result. And, you know, we talk so much about how disappointing United are and all this. And then you look at the table and there's some, they're in first place. And we talk, you know, Liverpool's not the same, but like, you know, they're in second and they still have a chance in every game. Meanwhile, for masochists like me and you, Adrian, who are fans of these, you know, middling clubs, uh, such as Palace and Newcastle, you know, we, we have to wake up in the morning and we have to sit through these, these eviscerations by the teams we just mentioned. And my, my whole thought on this, watching Palace get absolutely destroyed by City after watching, you know, Roy Hodgson play three defensive mids and, you know, play... Because I understand the whole, like, I, I understand, you know, when you're Liverpool and you're playing Man U, playing for a draw, like, makes sense. Completely. It makes complete and total sense. Because you have a chance, you know, you're, you're at the top of the table, you're, you're around it, you're in it. But when you're Crystal Palace and you're playing Man City and you know you're going to get destroyed anyway, all I ask is just try. Like, just try and do something. 
Yeah, that's the big thing with Newcastle fans too. Uh, always in the media, it seems like they're saying like, oh, expectations of Newcastle fans are too high. And then like one or two will like defend Newcastle fans saying they just want a team who tries. That's like the common refrain. But like my personal experience watching Newcastle play Man City, for example, the last game, it was 2-0, but it was it was super disheartening. There was nothing in it. It was an awful, awful game to watch. And I think the only reason it wasn't worse is because the weather was bad and it's bad for both teams. So it's going to kind of equalize things on that level. But, you know, there's a big comparison between Steve Bruce and Rafa Benitez. And somehow Steve Bruce has got the same amount of points generally as Rafa Benitez. Last season, he got 44. Uh, in the two seasons Rafa had in the Prem, it was 44 and 45. So around the same level. But contrasting like this Man City game versus a Man City game that Rafa was coaching, you know, you're going to lose to Man City. But yeah, when you see them try with Rafa, he had a plan. So yes, they're defending in their own box. Like literally, like not even 18-yard box, six-yard box. They're defending. But there's like a focus. There's an intensity because you have a job and it's Rafa. So it's tactically specific. And then there's a few like breakouts during the game. And those are like exhilarating. I actually think of those as like good moments, like almost scoring like Christian Atsu, like going up the wing. And I think Perez almost got a goal one. I don't know when, what year this was, but if there's a plan and there's, there's some sort of flicker of hope and energy because the player knows what they're supposed to do and has a specific game plan they're trying to enact, you know, you at least get glimpses, but the experience of being a Newcastle fan, I'm inter- interested to hear how this kind of like maps to being a Palace fan as well and how similar the experience is. But being a Newcastle fan, it's not even, it's just really disheartening. It just, you've got an owner who doesn't give a shit, who's like committed to a, a certain level of mediocrity to maintain place in the Prem, but nothing more, nothing less, who only seems to invest once he's got Steve Bruce who he's willing to spend 40 million on Joe Linton instead of 16 million on Rondon. I mean, Rondon in one season scored, I think about 10 goals. And, you know, that's not an amazing return for a striker, but he did so much with holdup plays an excellent center forward. But like contrast that to Joe Linton, he's, I think he's got like four goals for the club, like two prem goals and two against Morecambe when they scored seven nil somehow like yeah and it's just like 40 million 10 million a goal you could have and he could have got rondon it's just the amount of goals rondon would have in two seasons as opposed to joe linton so it's just really disheartening being a newcastle fan there's no hope there's no plan and i i don't know so so how similar does that sound to you about the experience of being a palace fan I think as a Palace fan, you know, at least I I see a little bit of vision in terms of like what the board is trying to do with kind of developing their young players, uh, developing their academy, you know, developing the new stadium, getting tier one status and all of that. Like I can kind of see how they're trying to do that and tow the Premier League line at the same time. So there's a little bit of a silver lining and I could kind of take a little bit of solace in that. But specifically when you're playing like a team like City and like when you're going up against those teams, you know, my dad would always tell me when I was playing soccer at, you know, extreme, the extremely high levels that I played at, 
You know, it, there's, it doesn't really matter if you lose seven, nothing, or if you lose four, nothing, you know, you lose anyway, you give up a lot of goals anyway. But if you, if you play to win, if you play to win the game, then you might win the game. You know, something might happen. Something crazy might happen. You know, Eze gets a break and somehow the de- defense holds up, but no, like it's just constantly, you know, survival. And it's just watching this systemic destruction. And it's just, it's like what you said, it's disheartening. Like it's, it's just kind of like, what are we doing here? What's the point? You know, you two center backs, three defensive mids, you're sitting back. Everyone on palace Twitter was saying like, you know, that they'd be happy if they got a corner or they happy if they got a touch <laughs> in the opposition box. And it's, it's true. Like, you know, what's the point? Like, how does it inspire confidence in, in you as a player? If you know, you're going to the Etihad and you see the team sheet, you know, and you got MacArthur, McCarthy, Kuyate, there's no creativity. There's no threat. Like there's no chance you're even going to get a chance. Like, so you're going out there to, you know, watch Kevin De Bruyne just destroy you for 90 minutes, which, you know, any team can say that, but you know, at, at least like play to win the game. Like at least try something. Who cares if you lose six, nothing as opposed I mean, to four, nothing. Like I, I understand good goal difference is a thing, but like, yeah, come yeah. On. I was going to push back on that a little bit come because on. if, if you're near the bottom of the table, like if you're relegation threatened goal difference is big, but, but I mean, thing- the point I was trying to make is like, like at least try something like, yeah, try, try something. to snatch a win, try and snatch a draw. Even yeah. if you're playing defensively, like, it's like the big thing recently with Bruce was that yeah. he's saying, oh, the players keep wanting to play five at the back and we're going to do it my way because we were abysmal. Well, he said shite. They're shite against like Sheffield United, gave them their first win, which is incredibly predictable because that's what happened like with Derby when they were the worst team ever. Now Sheffield might be the worst team ever with only one win against Newcastle. <laughs> but, <laughs> but just because you play five at the back doesn't mean you have to play incredibly defensively like you can still win games like wolves did that when they first came up there and they're switching to fourth back now and they're not doing as well and yeah and this is the thing it's like teams like southampton and leicester um who are you know comparable size to newcastle and palace like those those clubs have shown ambition for you know five years six years however long it's been where they've been kind of relevant um, or at least maybe with Southampton when they brought Hassan Hoodle in. But I feel like the thing with like Palace and Newcastle is like, it's never, it's always the same. Like since we've known each other, Adrian, mm. uh, and we've been, you know, watching the teams closely and always talking about it. It's, it seems like we always, every year, it's the same thing that we talk about. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, 2015 and we just met or it's 2021 <laughs> and it's a global pandemic, Newcastle and Palace, it's death taxes and f-ing nothing. And it's like, let's, Let's show some ambition. Like, let's like attack, you know, get some creative players in, get a new football mind, you know, like you have these 28 year old Bundesliga managers who are, you know, incredible tacticians and play these exciting styles. And yet for our clubs, you've got Roy Hodgson, bless his soul. And Steve Bruce, bless his soul, still patrolling the sidelines. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's time for, you know, everyone to just kind of move on, try and take a step forward 
and try and do something uh, because just, you know, looking at it from, and you know, this could all, this could all change next week when, you know, uh, you know, they eke out a one nil win against Burnley or something, but like, come on. I mean, who wants, you know, from an entertainment standpoint and from a, cause I don't think necessarily this year, even like you brought up relegation and I don't necessarily think that palace or Newcastle are even really because of how the league is. I don't even think it's like they're in that zone. I think, I think New, so it's, Newcastle is closer than people think. Sorry if I'm like, like no, interrupting no your flow there, but no I, I really think Newcastle is, is closer than people think. I think they're like seven points off of Fulham. Uh, Fulham have a game in hand. It's against Man U, but still, if they get a result, then it's two wins away. Uh, could be four points away if they really right. do an upset. And Newcastle have a hard run in in the next few yeah. games. And also, you know, they they can't score. They don't yeah. they don't look threatening at all. So, you know, they're they're one bad runaway combined with a few wins from Fulham and and they're right there. So I don't I don't think they're as far as or I don't think yeah, I don't think they're as far as people make them out to be. So as we speak, Palace is sitting on 23 points through 19 games. Newcastle sitting on 19 points through 19 games or through 18 games, sorry. And currently in the drop zone, it's Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield who have between five and 12 points. So it's, you know, I I feel like Sheffield and West Brom are pretty set in stone in terms of going down. And Fulham maybe is getting a bit better, but I mean, like, it's, you know, I, it's, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Probably. Anyway. I mean, anyway. but I mean, maybe like, Big I, I Sam can do something. But, Honestly, I like Big Sam is a more exciting appointment than Steve Bruce. Yeah. But Seriously, yeah. not that I'd want him back. So he did manage Newcastle briefly, but, uh, I just want to ask you guys a quick question because uh, obviously it'd be rich of me to even suggest that I have any any understanding of your your heartbreak or your feelings of just like uh, you know just being you know no offense but like nothing teams in the Premier League and it kind of comes back to like um, you know my my idea of just like the the economics of football and the economics of the Premier League in that yes there's this top six that are so untouchable in 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 the factors of money in in terms of their wallets and what they can afford and how they brand themselves internationally for teams like Newcastle and for Crystal Palace it's when when you guys complain about the fact that there's no vision and there's no ambition for for the managers or seemingly the players or the board or anything like that do you think that's because even the ownership the people who count the money and they they can see the top of the league, and they think it's it's there's no point being in the Premier League is branded enough. Being running my business and coming up green, I don't know if Newcastle's been green, um, but run running their business and just having that TV deal worth X million amount of pounds, uh, just so that they come up net positive every year. Do you guys think that sometimes that's all that matters, and it's it's a stain on, on what the Premier League's become that all this money is now in the league. It's frozen out these teams and they're just trying to, just trying to run a business now. They're not even trying to play football. Yeah. I think that from a palace point of view, 
the ownership, Steve Parrish, you know, he literally rescued the club and this is 11 years ago. Now he rescued the club from, you know, he, he brought it back from the dead. Like the club was hours from folding. It was our, it was in administration and, you know, he stepped up and, and I understand, you know, where the situation where they, where they are now, it's their eight years consecutively in the Premier league, which is a record. And, that's amazing for, for the club. It's amazing for the fans. It's amazing for everybody. But when you kind of look at it in a vacuum in terms of Premier League, it's like, it's hard to kind of look at that. It's kind of, it's hard to look at the history and accept it in the terms of the 2021 season and playing three center mids against city in a game you're going to lose anyway. And I think, I think it's true. Like what you're saying, like the TV deal is enough and but you know what would even be better than the TV deal? Trying to get to play in Europe. That's what would be better than a TV deal. And I understand like the slow build and you got to build the club up from nothing and you got to, you know, get young players and, and work on the academy and, and all of that. And I, I totally get it. But just in terms of like this kind of, this, this sort of like in the now, it's just a bit like what Adrian, Adrian was saying earlier, it's disheartening to see kind of what happens in those games and and it's it's hard to like it's hard to go into like when i look at leicester who are currently beating chelsea and when i look at leicester that won the league and you you look at leicester and you look at them as a big team and they came from you know recent relatively recent promotion and what have they done but improve like every single year basically got better got better and got better and keep bringing in good players and and when you look at Palace and when you look at Newcastle, it's like, why can't, you know, why can't we be Leicester? You know, why, or why can't we be Southampton? Why can't we be Wolves? You know, it's, it's, you know, keep getting and like staying in the Premier League. Yeah. Is, is a bonus and you get the money and, and you get the, the, you get the brand recognition, but I wouldn't say that Palace has that much brand recognition. Every Palace related story that pops up on mainstream sports media sites is when is Zaha going to leave? <laughs> Where's Zaha going to go? You know, it's never about anything really positive. So yeah, I mean, I, like what you're saying is true. It's true. It's, it's important to stay in the Premier league to get the influx of money and the brand recognition, but I feel like it has to be, you have to show some sort of ambition uh, to be, you know, seen in a positive light and for players to want to go play for your club. Yeah, I think the Newcastle perspective is a little different because, as, as you said, Nick, Palace, the, on a run of eight years in the Premier League, I think that club, I think Roy Hodgson's done a really good job. I mean, obviously the team is somewhat, like, limited, but I, I've watched Crystal Palace games and enjoyed them. I, I feel like Hodgson at least has a sort of an outlook and a team that he kind of builds. Maybe it's time to move forward, but I think the Newcastle perspective is different. And before I get into what you specifically talked about, Hope, about ownership and the structure of the club, as a Newcastle fan, and this, this is where people might call us delusional, it hurts to be compared to Southampton. It's like, we're a bigger club than <laughs> Like, I know they're doing so much better, but like, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it's like we've got a huge stadium. We're regionally the best, biggest club. You know, we've got some international recognition. You're laughing, but but 
you know, in I've my watched lifetime, the goal movies. I yes, love the goal movies. We have a movie <laughs> with the sound. What's his name? Santiago. Santiago Munez, I think, going to Newcastle, <laughs> and and it's a really weird fictional thing where he goes in like 2003 and um, and they like they even used the last game of the season some footage from it when like liverpool beat newcastle to get fourth and put newcastle down at fifth <laughs> um and you could basically categorize it as a fantasy movie because there's a fictional player who takes a penalty instead of shira which you know fiction pure fantasy it is literally pornography <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but seriously i do think there's a bit more international recognition in my lifetime you know, less than 25 years ago, 30 years ago, almost, they were challenging for the title. They were in the Champions League, you know, for consecutive years. They were in the Europa League. Like, this is something that a lot of fans remember. And, but for the last 10 years, it's been like longer than that, uh, like 15 years. It's just been like downhill, down since Sir Bobby Robson left. It's been downhill and downhill and downhill. And yes, absolutely. That is 100% right, Hope. That's what's happening. Mike Ashley openly does not care. Like he's just trying to protect his business interest. He's trying to maintain Premier League status and get the Premier League TV money with the sort of minimal investment he can get away with, investing in players that won't, that he believes might appreciate in value. But then when you see that happens, if that's the strategy with Joe Linton instead of Rondon, who's was in 30, I think, who's a proven Premier League player, who got 10 goals, uh, you don't sign him for 16 million, you wait a season, you sign Joe Linton for 40 million. If Joe Linton did well and he's another the next Firmino, then yeah, like maybe he's gonna get more. But he's so awful, it's like you got maybe there was some behind the scenes stuff with agents. I don't know. But targeting unproven players because they might appreciate in value and you might get a bit more for your investment. Kind of the same situation as this idea of Newcastle and other teams trying to stay in the Premier League. Because if you try and stay in the Premier League, you're, you're trying to hit a target without going too high over it. I think you need to be ambitious to stay in the Premier League. And you've seen that with Newcastle. In the last 10 years, we've been relegated twice. It, so you need to push up the table and give yourselves the tools to take risks. If you're going to get up draws, don't help you like draws. Aren't the one point isn't very much. What stops relegation are wins. And yeah, yeah sometimes that means playing a, a riskier game. <laughs> Sorry. I can really go on and on with ranting. I was going to start talking about Rafa again because Rafa played defensively and there's lots of comparisons with his style and Bruce I watched that Rafa Newcastle team and and enjoyed them for the most part. Um, I saw Rafa coach Chelsea and everyone hated Rafa because of all the history and whatever, but he, he played incredibly pragmatic football. Like he brought players through. Um, Oriol yeah. Romeo was the one that comes to mind. He brought, he brought players through just because he knew what a club needed mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. succeed. And I think, and that's the thing with Rafa, like a guy like Rafa and someone of his ilk is that you know it you get the pedigree just by having somebody trusted like that as the you know at the helm of your club right like it's yeah it's it's yeah and i think it's kind of the same you know with roy 
and, and it just having the confidence that, you know, your manager knows what he's doing uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I mean, sh- shows ambition to bring someone like that on. And, and that's the difference. I mean, I'm not sugarcoating it. Sometimes watching Rafa's team was bad, as bad as watching Bruce's team. But you had, <laughs> yeah, maybe not, but but maybe. Like, it, it wasn't good all the time. It wasn't always great football or, or great to watch. But, yeah, you did have faith in him as a figure, and you did appreciate him. I was watching, like, Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville talk about this after the Sheffield United game. And something Gary Neville was just sort of saying, oh, Rafa just has good PR and people just believed him and believed in him. But I think he's really underestimating that because Mm -hmm. a lot of being, you're a manager. Yeah. You've got, you're supposed to shape the culture of the club. And yeah, if the fans are more positive and you did that, it doesn't matter if you play boring football, if they like you and they are getting investment into the club through your personality that's a good job that's part of your job so i i think it's a mistake to inter- underestimate that exactly you know we we hate harping on you know how you know the Premier league is a big six league the big teams set the tone for the league and it's sports are copycat and the big clubs you know they you know man U brings in ole gunner solshire after struggling for so long to find a manager and kind of recycling these guys, you know, Lester brings in Brendan Rogers who led Celtic to four straight championships in Scotland, which, you know, it's still a feat, even though it's Scotland, uh, Chelsea hedges on Frank Lampard, Liverpool plucks Klopp out of this amazing situation at Dortmund. So, you know, I understand those are more attractive jobs than Newcastle or palace, but like, Newcastle is a big club. Palace is a London club, right? Like you could bring those clubs up if, if you're, you know, if, if you're a manager, like why you look at those teams and you're like, okay, like it's Premier League. It's a big stage. If you can win there, you could become a legend instantly. So I just feel like then the onus is kind of on ownership to kind of look for these guys and like, where can I find someone who's hungry, young with imagination and, and ideas you know, rather than like, it's, I feel like it's kind of passe to kind of be recycling these old, you know, old British white dudes and hoping that an old British white dude is going to lead your team to glory when all the new ideas, you know, not to like, not to, to you know, not to com- compartmentalize it in that way. But, you know, I just feel like it's, you got to kind of think outside the box a bit mm. and define yourself as a Premier League club uh, in a different way. And if you want to have any success, I guess it's kind of what I'm saying. And it's kind of annoying. It's like, you know, three defensive mids, two center backs, four, four, two hope to get a counter attacking chance. And I get it, but I mean, like, come on, like, let's go here. Let's go. Seriously. Let's go. <laughs> Palace, Newcastle. Yeah. Teams like that. Definitely- you, you need to start kind of getting with the times, I guess a bit. And it's modern, like play some modern football. Find some creative players, find some attacking midfielders, find a guy you could pick out a pass because the one guy you had that could pick out a pass, Max Meyer just walked away because Roy never played him. Anyways. That shocked me by the way, just like literally by mutual consent. Yeah. Like they couldn't even manufacture a deal. I, I, when I saw that headline, I couldn't understand. I messaged you immediately. 
or you messaged us with the news. I was like, did you get lots of pounds for him? <laughs> we got we got the same amount of pounds that we paid for him. Yeah, Zero. <laughs> um, oh, uh, what do you guys say about promise though? Like especially for um, uh, from Nick's perspective, it's it's hard because like Chelsea was never before they were purchased, they were never a, a club at the size of Newcastle. Uh, it's hard to, you know, globally you could say they are now, but within England, Newcastle uh, dominates, dominates Chelsea in terms of like viewership and fans. Um, but when you talk about like, oh, you know, you're talking about uh, recycling these British white guys uh, to, to lead your team or look for something different. I, I just, maybe this isn't even a question or a statement. It's just like a thought. Like I, I still remember uh, that Chelsea before Abramovich came in were not a horrible club, but just like a middling club. Like I remember watching when I was a kid, I loved watching Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank play like a young Frank Lampard was like a really interesting player, but they never really accomplished too much. Uh, and when, when the time came that Chelsea, Chelsea were planning on uh, selling their club, like, let's not forget that Roman Abramovich almost bought Spurs. He didn't own, like, he was going to buy Spurs before he was going to buy Chelsea. Uh, but there was something in, maybe it's just the timing of the players that you have or the people that represent your club uh, that attracts these attracts these investors that that are really interested in football. And Chelsea got lucky because Roman Abramovich is a football fan. Like he is not, he is not an ownership group. He is not a fund. Like, yeah, he hasn't been in, sorry. Uh, he hasn't been in, um, in England for the past couple of years, but you know, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea lucked out on that. Uh, and maybe in a way, especially for Crystal Palace, I don't see how, I don't know much about South London. I don't think it's quite as posh as where Chelsea is, <laughs> uh, but you know, there's there's marketability there. You you can attract players players to London with the right with the right outlook and the right setup. You can you can attract certain kinds of players to Newcastle just just because like as if you're a fan of football, not even of a team, you can look at Newcastle and be like, that's an incredible space and and, mm-hmm. and fan group. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the money's just not there uh, anymore, and people are just discouraged by the fact that. It's so it's too top heavy. And honestly, we see this in all sports. Football is not exempt, but winning is it doesn't matter where you're playing. It doesn't matter what the city is. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Like if you're a winning team, then players are going to want to play for your team. Players are going to want to come to your club. If you have a manager that people want to play for, if you're show ambition, then yeah, you might not attract, you know, the, the messy or the, De Bruyne or the Ronaldo or whatever, but you could build something if you show something, right? You got to, you know, and the way that it's going for, for Palace and, and for Newcastle, and maybe we're just not really there yet. Maybe it's, you know, a few years away, or maybe they have something in the works. Like, obviously, you know, we're not involved with the club. We we're just looking from an outside. So we don't know, but from an outsider perspective, it's been the same for so long, you know, it's been the same for, for, so many years and so many seasons like palace had the same like the starting 11 from the first game this season compared to the first game of the 2016 season for palace was like there were like two players or three players different (laughs) and it's like how are you how are you going to you know an aging team that's a middle of the pack 
if things break maybe their way, then maybe they could get into Europe. But like you look at the squad and and I think it's to feel like it's the same with Newcastle. It's just not deep enough. It's not exciting enough. It's not ambitious enough. It's not attacking enough. And you could shithouse your way to, to, you know, a top four to a top six finish. But realistically, that's not going to happen. So it's, it's just kind of disheartening going back to the original point uh, to see it going the way it is uh, for so long. And I, and it, and it is true. I hope he's saying like, it's hard to compete against, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, it's hard when you're just, you know, a businessman, uh, a British businessman or whatever to compete against a country. It's hard to compete against an oil fund. It's hard to compete against Russian oligarchs. You know, it's hard to compete against a team who has LeBron James as like a minority owner, you know, <laughs> it's hard to compete against that. And that's, you know, to just kind of rein it in a bit, like that's what you're competing against. Like that's the reality of the way that football's going. And it's a little bit disheartening to know that like to have a chance, you have to be, you have to get bought by, you know, an oil tycoon uh, or someone of that, or a prince. Like it, it, it is kind of hard, disheartening to, yeah. to kind of uh, to keep using that word. It's, it's a little bit, it sucks to kind of know that, uh, but that's the reality of it. And I feel like a team who, who can rise above that challenge uh, and rise above that, theme and, and that archetype is going to be a team that people you know flock to because because they're you know going against the grain i would love if prince had bought a football team you're right Nick. <laughs> okay let's move away from the ranting and look towards the future let's do our random predictions so you can think of a random team as any team that you can't play as on fifa 21 that's kind of the the thing I had when searching up these teams, if you can't play it on FIFA 21, it's eligible. Since we went around the world last week, I thought we'd stay in Europe this week. Before we do, though, last week was very interesting, partly because uh, four of the games didn't happen. Um, in three of those cases, they were canceled. And in one of those cases, I wrote down a game that's actually happening on the 30th. Uh, so that's my bad. We all Kakamura versus Maris Fire. Maybe we can do that later. No, Kakamura. No, Maris College. Adrian, can I ask you a question? I've been thinking yeah. about this all week. I, I could not get this out of my head. I It, it kept me up at night. Yeah. Uh, and I, I assure you, I did not Google this. So I have no idea what happened. But I really want to know what the result of that 2006 Antarctic game was. I, I could not, I was at work and I would just, I would be sitting there and I would just lose myself and thought about, you know, what in anticipation of learning finally what the score of that game was. I know, I'm sorry to keep you in suspense so long. So when the Bulgarian Ar Antarctic Explorers played the Spanish Antarctic Explorers, what was the result? I left this off the scoring so far because I wanted it to be revealed on the episode. So, Everyone except for Richard, <laughs> who did enter a win, a results for this week. Um, everyone backed the Bulgarians. Richard wow. backed the Spanish. Uh, the Spanish, he said the result was 420. Uh, <laughs> that's incorrect, and it's not the right result either. Everyone else backed the Spanish. Uh, the Bulgarians, sorry. And that's also not correct. It was a draw. 
Oh, no way. It, it was, was a three, draw? a three, three draw. <laughs> How about that? A cagey high scoring draw. Really? In the yeah. Explorers. So, team. so they yeah. didn't even, they didn't even, how do you have, and, how do you play that and, and end it in a draw? That is, that's wild. It's just, you it's know, they're wildly stickers, disappointing. <laughs> uh, they're running out of ice. And it was a very, <laughs> it was a low scoring week and it was a very close week because, you know, we were like four games down. Uh, the highest points total this week was four and the lowest was one. Uh, so my, my brother and I both got four because we oh, both man. got one perfect result, one correct result. And uh, the lowest scoring was Conlon. Oh, no way. So now Addy is on top with nine points and Conlon and I are tied on eight points. Wow. Yeah. How is, uh, am I holding down the palace spot somewhere yeah, in the middle? <laughs> you're right in the middle. You've got five points. Nice. Hope and ball. Nick Gill, you both have three points. But because... Because Hope, you said that the Antarctic game was six nil. I'm gonna. I put that as a tiebreaker. So I'm. I put Nick Gill last, and because you got the correct amount of goals, if not the right result, I put you ahead. I okay, am. Okay. So we always welcome to semantics. <laughs> I need to show more ambition in my predictions. I, I need. I need to inject some youth. I need. Need to inject some pace. Uh, I need to inject some ingenuity into my prediction club because uh, I, I don't like where I am in the standings. I have, well, I have to say this. You have a chance right now. So let's, let's get going with these. First, we have the Scottish Championship. So that's the second league in Scotland. It is Queen of the South hosting Greenock Morton. Hope, what do you think? <laughs> Queen of the South versus Greenock Morton. Oh, gosh. Greenock Morton will bend the knee to the queen of the south uh queen of the south is going to win 2-1 2-1 and nick what say you uh biden's inauguration is tomorrow and something to do with politics and monarchy so queen of the south is going to ride that wave to a 2-0 win 2-0 win queen of the south winning yes yeah uh i'm going to go i'm going to say this is a 1-1 draw i don't need any of that ambition not for me, thank you. Uh, so, Nick, you start for Greece, this Greek game. Asteras Tripolis, Asteras Tripolis uh, versus Larissa. Okay. Tripolis sounds kind of like my first name. So, we're going to go with them. We're going to take a 3 1 victory. And, Hope, do you think the Tripolis Nicholas connection is enough? <laughs> <laughs> Tripolis Nicholas Victorious. That's horrible. Uh yeah, yeah, no. Tripolis is taking this one nil less. So, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Larissa. I'm pretty sure that in the Macedonian Empire, like Alexander the Great and shit, Larissa was a very significant city. Uh so I'm going to go with the capital of the Macedonian Empire, 2 0. <laughs> uh, They're still going strong, too. <laughs> Can't wait for Boys. the ba- Babylon FC Larissa uh, Derby coming up. Yeah, if they, if they were playing Persia, then ooh, watch out. Um, <laughs> but guys, we got to talk about Belgium because Lommel is playing RWDM 47. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. What was the last one? <laughs> RWDM47. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of initials. Uh, and wow. That's, that's too many initials okay, for me. So- I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Lommel and uh, Lommel is going to take this one. One nil. Interesting. So here in North America, we have something called WD-40. It's a little spray thing that you put on greasy, on greasy hinges or hinges that need grease. Uh, and it makes things more, <laughs> makes it a little, uh, a little more slick so you can open your doors better. I'm assuming RWQI-49 is just the, just the team named after WD's Belgian equivalent. So they've got money. They're wearing the sponsor on their name and their shirt, so they're gonna win two 0 Sounds like uh, the matchup sounds kind of like a, you know, a, a comic relief Star Wars twosome. Like one is a droid, and the other is Lommel. You know, just beeping around. I love it. I th- I think that's worth about one goal. I think Lommel is going to. I was, I don't know. Lommel's going to win. They're going to win 2 1. You could just give me the three points now. Uh, there's a very big game going on in Portugal this Saturday. Come and see it. It's Porto 2 versus Benfica 2. Battle of the Ooh. subs and youth players. So, Hope, is it oh. the Lisbon boys or the po- Porto princes? It's, it is the Jose Mourinho connection porto is going to smash benfica three two (laughs) well that's an emotionally devastating defeat so it would feel like a smash uh nick what what's what do you think we are going and i'm going to gesture at my scarf behind me the The scarf i am gesturing at is the benfica scarf do you not also have that a picture going, of you at the Porto manager's desk I've, for press conferences? I, I do, but it, it's not within arm's reach. Uh, but yes, I've been to both places. I've been to uh, both stadiums if they're playing at the big club stadiums. I don't know if they do. That doesn't really matter. I'm not allowed to do any research. I'm not allowed to put any thought into this. And because I like Lisbon more as a city, I'm going to take Benfica. And they are going to win 2-1. Uh, so Benfica too. You know you live in a Porto neighborhood, by the way, Danek. I live in Little Portugal. Yeah, that's a Porto neighborhood. There's no Benf- There's not. There's no Benfica. There's a bar. On, okay. On there's Gladstone. a There's a bar uh, at the corner. I think it's of Dundas and Dufferin, and on the outside. Yeah, of all it, stars. Yeah, and it, it, it says it, there's there's Benfica logo, Porto, and Sporting Lisbon logo. Along and, with a TFC logo, so they don't show any favoritism. So and a Maple no. Leafs too. It's Maple Leafs. That's it. Yeah. So <laughs> but, I mean, so I mean, but you can't say it's at, one team. Up near Dufferin and Croatia Street, there's that stadium, that little stadium that has yeah. like sporting, sporting. Yeah, uh, I just walked by that today, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. So I, Porto is the least represented team in this neighborhood. I don't know. I'm gonna say two two. <laughs> because. It's a hot-blooded game. <laughs> if you were going to pick one date from, from 1900 to 1910, what would it be? Which which date? Which year? 1900 to 1910. 1905, of course. <laughs> yeah, 1905. Bohemians, 1905, are playing FC Slovakia. 
This is the Czech League extravaganza. Hope, what's going to happen? Uh, no hippies for me. FC Slovako are going to draw 1-1. As distasteful it is, as it is, the, the hippies will get a point. Nick, do you believe in free love or teams named after ethnic groups that your country used to be attached to? I believe in anything that sounds like my last name to go back to the other prediction I made that sounds like my first name. FC Losako uh, is taking this one 3-0. And by FC Losako, I mean FC Slovako for all of our listeners who didn't ca- quite catch that. I think that's ridiculous. I think Bohemians will win 1,905 to nil. Uh, but I'll, I'll round that down because it's, it's not, you know, the nearest tens place. Uh, I'll just round that down to three nil, <laughs> which could actually happen. I don't know. I don't know math that well, but I feel like you broke several mathematic principles in this prediction. Bohemians are just that good. Okay. Next, we're moving to Cyprus. E.N. Parlemni. Paralimni, sorry. E.N. Paralimni are playing AC Omonio. I'm going to start this one again. <laughs> Moving to Cyprus. E.N. Paralimni are playing AC Omonia Nicosia. And just in case you're wondering, E.N.E. stands for Enosis Neon. Nick. Uh, I see you're going with me first. Uh, for a reason which I won't say. Wow, I you know what? I honestly forget the names of the teams, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce them. But I believe one of them was Nicosia. I think that's how you pronounce the place. I don't even know. But that again, to go with the, the theme of my predictions is my own name, because I am apparently very self-centered. Uh, and they're that that they're going to win. Uh, Mm, it's gonna be a, a draw let's go with a draw i haven't done any draws yet one one hope do you agree with nick's uh, narcissism does that sway you Abs- absolutely not when you've got a team called e something neon parliament you cannot stop the funk we've got the funk get the funk out of my face uh neon parliament is winning two no I think these maggot brains have got it in the bag. <laughs> That's a parliament song, right? Who are you calling a maggot brain? Nico- Nicosia, obviously. They're going to lose 1-0 to the neon uh, terrors of Cyprus. This one's my favorite. It's from Northern Ireland. Glenavon versus Glenterron. Glenavon and Glenterron. That's like a family rivalry, like cousins are taking yeah. each other on. Yeah, either side of the river, maybe. There's a lot of Glen going on. I picture uh, this 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 game taking place on a rainy night in the middle of a meadow. Fill, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Romantic. Uh, will will that affect the result? I think there's going to be a fight. I think there's going to be a a a. a Donnybrook between the two factions of this Glen of this Glen country Derby. Uh, and I'm going to go with Glen Glen Terran for one. Big result. <laughs> Ope. This is, this is the Scottish league, right? No, this is Northern Ireland. Oh, North. Oh my God. I'm so sorry to our Northern Irish listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Glen Glen Avon sounds way too posh to take on the working class 
miners of Glentoran. <laughs> so uh, Glen Glentoran are gonna gonna win through hard work, uh, three one. Three nil. No, one nil. There's no goals in this game. <laughs> your little your little narratives you spin always sway me emotionally. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm always like, yeah, fuck Linovan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can't let that cloud my judgment. <laughs> it already has though. <laughs> Three one. Three one to Glen Turin. Uh, okay let's move on to games that were we actually are familiar with the teams there's only one game on saturday and oh. there might not even be this game it's aston villa newcastle so oh last week we didn't allow postponements as a call but i say starting this week for prem games you can throw down a pp uh as your prediction um so i've been doing this whole episode uh, you can say triple P, and that's uh, postponement predicted. And you'll get three points if it's postponed, and you'll get no points if it's not. It's an all-or-nothing bet. So Aston Villa, they have one game Wednesday, apparently, against City. And then if all's well, they'll also play Newcastle on Saturday. So, Nick, where do you think uh, – do you think this game's going to happen? And if it does, what do you think the score is going to be? I do. Uh, I do think it's going to happen. Looking at the schedule – on my phone, on my app that I will not mention the name of. It seems like this is an FA Cup weekend. And I also know that these teams had games postponed. So th- this seems to me like it's a makeup game. I haven't really seen anything about that or heard anything about that. But I feel like this game is going to go ahead for the simple reason that it's already been postponed before. And listening to you talk earlier made me really believe in Newcastle made me really believe in this direction of the club and in their recent results. And uh, because of that, I'm going to say that this game is going to go ahead and I'm going to say that uh, Villa is going to win three nil. Yeah. I I was confused until I realized that that was definitely sarcastic. (laughs) Hope, do you have any thoughts about this game? Who can Aston Villa field? Do they have their players? Do they have like, yeah, Honestly, been, I feel like it's been a while since their whole outbreak started. They have to be all healed up by now, I would think. But don't let that sway you. No, no. These are supposed to be random predictions on the spot with no thought process. Well, it... with the Prem ones, you can you can sort of think a little bit more. I, I don't have the possible teams ahead, like in front of me. Uh, I'm just looking up Aston Villa, but they, they've missed quite a few games. They've only played 15 games. Really? Yeah. You know, I'm just going to assume that they're going to have their full complement or or, or or a decent complement. And if you're saying that this is their match on Wednesday and they've got a match on Saturday, that's an FA Cup match? No, no, no. So This is their Saturday match. This, oh, this is, their is their Saturday, Saturday match. match. On Wednesday, oh. they're playing City in the, oh. in the league as well. In the league as well. Oh, they're not even going to bother with City. Yeah, no, they're, they're going to give up that game. Sorry, Adrian. I think Aston Villa is going to win. Uh Two one. I think Newcastle can find a goal in there somewhere. I was thinking beforehand. I was thinking one nil, two nil to Villa. Out of hope, more than anything, I'm going to call it a one one and just hope that the team knows they need a result. And I think they really need to pick themselves up. And Villa is the kind of team they should at least compete against. And, you know, Wilson played again. So if, if Wilson can get them a goal and sneak one, maybe. I'm hoping they're tired from 
from Wednesday. So, yeah, I'll say 1-1 for that game. Uh, on Sunday, there is the League Cup final. It's Man City versus Spurs. We all know how this game's going to be played. <laughs> yeah, so do you think Jose's going to park the bus, try and hit him on the counter? Jose's going to park the bus, try to hit him on the counter. Man City are looking in tremendous form. John Stones seems like he's a player again. Hmm. Um, I think I think it's still a draw, but I think it's a 1-1 draw. But it's who do you think is going to win on penalties or extra time then? Because this, this is the final, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. Wait, what is it for? The, the Carabao Cup. Cup. Yeah. The League Cup. Yeah. Oh, you're right, eh? Uh, this is this is Mourinho's first trophy with Spurs. It's going to be a one-one, five-four victory on penalties. And Loris put- is a great penalty keeper. I'm just going to put Man. Spurs on pens. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Unless you want to gamble, uh, like let's say if they win five-four, you get an extra. You get four points instead of three points. Or we can put Spurs on pens, and if they win on pens, you get three. Sounds good to me. You're going to – okay, you're just not going to go for the extra gamble, just stick with what you got? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Nick, what do you think? I think – I like Hope's angle to this, but I think City are just too good right now, and I think that Pep's going to keep the mojo going and feel like a full squad and go full, full throttle. And I think they're just going to overwhelm Spurs. Uh, I mean – Overwhelmed when I say that. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a close game, but I think City's gonna pull it out two 0 Yeah, it's an an interesting one. Like Pep and and Jose have a a history, and yeah, it's almost surely gonna be Mourinho trying to set up his team to frustrate uh, City and then and then hit them on the counter. Such contrasting styles, too, right? Yeah. Like it makes it so unpredictable. Yeah, and then you have yeah. players. Like you have two players on Spurs who would, you know, probably walk in, not walk in, but I mean, you'd have to start Kane and Son no matter what team they were on. You know, I I would just, I would like someone other than Man City to win the League Cup (laughs) for once. I think they've won like three times in a row or something. They just pick up this trophy every year. I'd like to see Spurs get it. I'd like to see Man U. Uh, not Man U. Uh, Man, uh, Man City lose it. Spurs win it. Damn that all or nothing documentary. It's kind of got me like attached to Spurs and I don't really want to like them. <laughs> I know. I, w- I remember yeah. watching that. I'm like, oh shit. I yeah, really like Hugo Lloris. Oh yeah. shit. I yeah, think like Eric in- Dyer's got a good attitude. <laughs> Individually, I'm like invested in them. Like Spurs is fit again. I'm like, yes, go Sonny. But then, Sonny. <laughs> I mean, plus. It was a red Sonny. It was a red. <laughs> Yeah. Plus, he's just like a magnificent player. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna hope again that Spurs is gonna win one nil. And next uh, on Tuesday, so a week from now, Palace is hosting West Ham in an all London game. Nick, why don't you start us off here? Walk us through what you think is gonna happen. So next Wednesday, Palace is hosting West Ham in a London derby. Over the break, Hope and I were talking is off it- camera, off mic about the fact that we ranted for so long about teams recycling these managers. But we failed to overlook the fact that West Ham is having great success with a recycled manager in David Moyes. 
but they also have good players. And I think West Ham's good players are better than Palace's bad players. And that dichotomy is going to result in West Ham winning 2 0. I always, I always, I don't, you, I, I never have faith in these predictions when Palace is involved. I just can't, I can't bring myself to have, uh, to have stuff riding on it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, Mikel Antonio has been excellent. And yeah, David Moyes is another one of those managers from that sort of era when we were growing up and that he was great in what he did, stumbled at Man U and seemed like he was irrelevant. And now he's, he's working his way back in. It seems like he's really got this team playing. What do you think, Hope? You know, I think uh, I think West Ham's attack is too threatening for Crystal Palace. You're right. Antonio has been fantastic. Uh, Suchak is great uh, for West Ham as well. And I think um, who's who's the home team? Sorry, Palace. Palace, but not that not that there's much of a home field advantage. Well, um, Palace also plays really poorly at Selhurst. Yeah, uh, I think oh. yeah, I think it's also a a, a two nil win for West Ham. I just see Antonio just 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 shredding in the bits. I'm I'm just gonna throw out another draw. I'm gonna say it's one one. Something like I listening to you guys. I'm like, yeah, like West Ham doing well. They they're in form. Uh, I you know, Hodgson Hodgson's a canny old bird, isn't he? I think he'll, <laughs> they'll set him up. Yeah, um, these these are games that he knows how to win. That they know how to win, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Something about it just says draw to me. Two London teams, midweek game, draw. And that's it. We'll get the rest of the boys to enter in their predictions. So thanks for listening. You can go to Podbean or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pod. Well, not wherever. I don't know. Probably Google. Yep, Google. Go to Google. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, please rate and review, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, steal your friends' phones and surreptitiously download this podcast onto their, onto their phones. Play it while your significant other sleeps so that they get used to our voices and associate them with the comfort and relaxation of home. <laughs> our, our voices are proven to calm pets and wake the dead uh do you have a a family member or loved one or just someone that you'd rather see not in a coma play them this podcast guaranteed to wake them up they'll spring up and say prison leopards two nil as they predict along with us keep score you know we'll put you on our table we don't have many listeners yet you could get on the ground floor will we have prizes maybe adian with nine points in the soccer group chat predictions pool that could be you so thanks again for listening and have a good night if you're listening at night <laughs>